Welcome back to Like a Bigfoot Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week I am so incredibly excited to get a sit down, get an opportunity to sit down and talk with my new friend, Cody Taylor, um, all about his kind of journey into ultra running and what he discovered through a life of just straight up rocking out on the drums. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll kind of talk a little bit about what it was like to um, be running and camping and exploring the desert together uh, down in South America. Um, I met Cody a few weeks ago now um, in the Atacama Desert doing the Capic One expedition. Uh, and instantly you could tell this guy is just a absolute ball of energy. Um, he's a fantastic dude very full of stoke and enthusiasm and yeah i'm just really honored that um you know through doing this thing i got to meet this wonderful guy and you know and we'll we'll talk a little bit about it on here every single person we met um down there were amazing human beings amazing athletes and just wonderful people to go have this weird kind of life expanding adventure, you know? Um, and I'm sure I'll have a bunch of them on in the future. Um, and hopefully they're listening because I'm going to be reaching out very soon uh, to chat with all you guys. Cause you're all very, very inspirational to me. Um, so, so yeah, but the thing I love about this episode and the thing I really appreciated about getting to know Cody is I got to see this complete passion for challenging himself and running these incredibly hard, like the, the hundred milers he's going to describe in this episode sound so mind blowingly tough just based on weather and, and how many people end up finishing and all of that. And to be able to talk to someone who just had that full on passion for challenging himself and then also when we get into his previous career and his passion for playing the drums and playing in rock bands and touring and all of that um i just really got to consider what it takes a person to chase their passions and to chase their dreams and not only that but what it takes to kind of reevaluate that and and really try to fit other passions and other dreams into their life that you know might change as they go about it so and one last thing to mention before we jump into the episode is Cody and his wife Franny started this wonderful um company called New Normal uh I have all their links in the show notes to everything Cody's going to talk about from his races to uh his company and things like this but i highly suggest checking it out they're really cool uh it's it's a really cool project that they're taking on and they're trying to help inspire you know people to live healthier happier lives so um definitely check that out all their stuff's on instagram everything's in the show notes and all of that uh but yeah let's dive into it i'm so excited to share this episode with uh my new buddy cody taylor Cody and I had the opportunity to go run in the desert together and camp and 
and do all that fun stuff, man. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, dude. I know you have like a fascinating story. I know you've competed in some like absolutely like grueling 100 milers and I'm excited to dive into all of it. Yeah, are, are we allowed to swear? <laughs> you can swear. Yeah, I try to keep it like PG thirteen, just okay, as yeah, a respectable, gonna... respectable member of uh, the community. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, <laughs> I'm pumped, dude. <laughs> I'm pumped. You get one though, PG thirteen. You get one, right? Okay, Isn't okay. that the rule? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So welcome to the show, dude. Uh, so Cody, you were just mentioning getting back in the swing of things. And I kind of feel the same thing. We're like a week and a half removed from our big adventure. So what was it like coming back from that? Uh, you know, it's um, like the adventure was absolutely insane, as you know. Um, but it was just like, I think it was just like a full recap on my on my whole year. Like th this year for me was probably one of my best years ever. Yeah. Uh, so it was uh when i came back i just was riding an unbelievable high <laughs> like a crazy high that i haven't even experienced even after my 100 mile runs you know um and then just just getting to meet you guys man and phil and and the rest of the runners like it was just yeah the whole experience was just so incredible man um, yeah I, and i know you you probably think the same way dude i've like had a hard time really even explaining it to people i do me too everyone was like, what was like i'm like i don't know man look at my videos <laughs> it's hard to like comprehend just how vast everything was like how gigantic dude and to me i'm like it kind of helped me understand like in a in you know one of those things where it's just like the most simple idea ever and you're like why did it take that experience to help me understand some like i've heard something i've heard a billion times but when everyone's just like you we're so small and it's not a, and not in a bad way right like we're not not in like an insignificant way um but it made me feel really small in the world Absolutely. but then but then it made me feel like the way we are interacting at camp between people person to person it made me feel like that was everything and yeah. i don't know exactly how to put that yet i haven't fully figured yeah. it out <laughs> yeah and, and you know it's so wild because like you know i signed up to this back in february and then like you know flying out there by myself you know we get to copiapo and then we're like i don't know anyone like i didn't know you guys at all like i didn't even know ray so it's just like the whole experience and at the end of it all of a sudden we're like doing this podcast together and we're like best friends you know what i mean it's so <laughs> I love doing these adventures for that reason. You know, it's like you share that blood, sweat and tears and it's like you can't. Uh, yeah, like it's just an incredible experience. Yeah. And you take everything away, like you take all <laughs> distractions away, you know, like no one's can use their phones and no one has a busy to do list. It's literally just like go run and then camp and then eat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and like. I couldn't imagine honestly running in the middle of the summer there and doing <laughs> doing more miles like you know what ray did like it's actually absolutely crazy <laughs> like crazy and then you know like i have a buddy here at home and like we we're talking about like oh yeah like maybe like before i did the the uh, expedition with you guys and we were talking about like maybe we'll run the whole atacama desert one day and then it's like i do it and i'm like man just the logistics like just like you know getting people to like the crew you and stuff it's just like it's actually way more to it than just put logging in the miles you know yeah 
So yeah. yeah, no, like whatever Ray's doing, he's got that like ironed out, man. He's got it figured out. Like it's it's really incredible to see and and hear his stories, you know. Yeah, man. Well, let's just really quick talk about Ray. So we're talking about Ray Zahab, who's just a just a legend, dude. I don't know how else to say it. Dude, legend, bro. Like, <laughs> I just like whatever I'm talking about. It's like, man, I just want to be cool like you. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely, he definitely has that where you're just like, oh, like as once again coming back trying to describe the whole event and describe all you guys and stuff. Like trying to describe Ray, I was like. I don't know how to put it, but but I always shared this one story. And so it was from the time later in the week, we were running down that really long, steep hill and it had just started getting hot out. I think it was like day four. Right. Mm -hmm. And you guys are in front of me and all of a sudden you two just took off, you know, like as fast as you can go. We're like towards the end of this really long day and you guys take off down this hill and just trying to keep up with both of you but then ray just like i don't know like he just had this other level dude i was like i was like this far i'm like trying to close the gap could not close the gap <laughs> and i'm like i'm just sitting there like you know what i mean just going for it and ray's just like i'm not even trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i could see just for a second <laughs> just for a second you could see the competitive spirit but also like i just blew me around like this dude's in his 50s and he's an elite athlete like it Absolutely. was wild to see i i actually i learned so much from ray like even when we were just going up the sand dunes like just getting into that like certain gear that he talks about where it's just like you know you get that heart rate out of, out of like a zone two heart rate and it's just like calls it like that diesel engine you know what i mean just kind of yeah. like able to just climb up that hill without like burning out or anything as opposed to most of us were just trying to like hustle up jack the heart rate right up and then you're up on top of the hill like gasping for air it's like you know what i mean like he just he really knew like he was very strategic on whenever he climbed the hills and how he was running in the sand and stuff and it was really cool yeah, but, yeah it was really cool to see yeah man have you even <laughs> had time to like really you know comprehend or like think about what we what the whole experience was like meant to you um yeah like, I mean like I said like like I had a long flight home as so did <laughs> it was it was a long one and yeah and then just getting back to work you know I like my local radio they talked about our expedition and stuff I, I get a lot of support in my hometown yeah so when I came home like um you know I, I like I I it was a fun adventure but like it wasn't like crazy hard you know what I mean as you know like we were we were running like stupid amount of miles but it was more of just the experience we were learning yeah. how to navigate and it was it was the the fact that we we're with Ray's a have which was super cool you know um oh, where am I going with this right now? <laughs> what, what but it's just like there's so many different aspects of it oh to, yeah 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 because that's yeah, my like, thing because like you know I think Phil and I are gonna do a podcast about the whole experience and I was trying yeah. to figure out the best way to put what I learned but I also there's so much you know yeah yeah no there there was yeah there's a lot um yeah <laughs> I don't know man. it was just so crazy like I like every people ask me all the time like they want a report and I'm like I can't even give one <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm happy I took my GoPro I'm gonna film like I'm gonna put it all together and I'm gonna talk about it and I'll kind of be my 
my report that people keep asking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, people here in my hometown just think it was absolutely nuts what I did. Um, I I just think, you know, it's this is just like the beginning for me. So yeah, yeah <laughs> you know man. I mean? Like it was uh, it was a fun adventure, but like this is not like my pinnacle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this is just the start for me. So yeah, dude. Well, I want to dive into like your whole story and your background <clears throat> and all this like I think one thing that's really unique about ultra running is you get all these people from various backgrounds and careers and all these things. And all of a sudden you're at this race with them or you're doing some sort of event with them. And you just realize like, oh, this person has lived a completely different experience than me. And yet we share so much in common, you know? I know. Yeah. Like, sure. so I guess the way to inter like to kind of talk about your past, like, you were a like a straight up rock star, dude. You're a drummer. For I mean, I would I would say a rock star. I'm saying you're a rock star. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm calling it right now, dude. Because you're you're like a drum. You were a drummer for all these years. That was like your thing that you did. And I've watched you know some of the music videos and and stuff that you've you have online. And I'm like, dang, Cody's so freaking good at that. And that's a skill I could never see myself having. <laughs> you know yeah i mean dude it was uh like i remember i was so i played hockey when i was younger and uh i remember when i was like 12 years old like just before 12 i was like you know every every kid's goal is just to be like i want to be in the nhl you know yeah and i was always a kid that just dreamed really big and then i ended up playing with two guys that were like nhl nhl caliber players and i remember my dad told me he's like yeah that those guys could play NHL and they were just skating circles around me. So I'm like at 12 <laughs> years old, I was like at 12 years old, my dream shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I ended up started playing uh, drums in my elementary school. I was very fortunate. My, my elementary school SJ McLeod, we had a uh, hundred kids total from kindergarten to grade eight. And um, our music class was like, we had a very, very good music class. We had like three drum kits, saxophone, trumpets, like all the instruments. We had like a full band. And uh, <clears throat> I remember I was playing trumpet. I tried all the instruments and uh, my best friend, Alex Miller, he passed away 10 years ago, but he's uh, he got me into playing drums. He was an amazing drummer. He'd be playing and just grooving right out, like just dancing in a stool. And I'm like, I want to do that, you know? So. I picked up a pair of drumsticks and like sat because we had three drum kits. He was in the middle. I sat next to him and I was playing with him. And like I just from there, my parents bought me a drum kit. And I like the whole year, I remember like my music teacher used to test us. He was like, he would he put us on the spot. Okay, like you play the drums like in front of everyone. Like, you know what I mean? No, no, no one else is playing, just me. And I remember like after a year of practicing and playing in my basement, he didn't know that. All of a sudden, I'm like, dude, that, 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 And my music teacher was just like, whoa. So like right from there, I was like, you know what? This is for me. And uh, and I pushed, man. I pushed, started playing shows like when I was early 20s. And then I I, I started playing live music, I think in like whatever, 2014. And by 2017, I was already touring the States and playing in front of thousands of people. Dude, that's amazing. Well, just the early on career here, I just have to ask you like a couple of things. First of all, your parents are like, I feel like parents of drummers who are really supportive. They're oh, like dude, saints, my, man. Like you're bro, tearing my, that house up. <laughs> dude, I used to have my band practices there. Like, and, and the thing was, my singer was a farmer. So 
he could only come after chores. So it was after eight o'clock at night on weekdays, three times a week. <laughs> so from eight to like 11 o'clock, it was just like Nirvana, like grunge music, bro. We were just like banging out of the basement. Like, dude, it was the greatest time. Yeah, my parents, I know they're going to listen to this, but they were the best. They gave me everything. Uh, they, they taught me how to work hard. Like they sh- like at like 11 years old, they made me get my first part-time job. I had to go pick strawberries. You know, and like, but, but like I grew up on the river, like my dad did very well for himself, but like everything I wanted in life, like they made sure I had it. So yeah, yeah. shout out to them. They're the best. <laughs> dude, hockey, hockey parents slash yeah, dude, drummer yeah. parents. You got both that like the, yeah. the little chart that like over overlaps there. You got them both. So that's pretty. Yeah, good. no, they, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't pick a, a cheap instrument and uh <laughs> i know hockey's not cheap either so <laughs> that's awesome man well so um you know you see your friend sitting there playing just looking cool because drummers they just look cool i don't know what to tell you yeah. um what was it about that specific instrument that really connected with you uh you know what i I like, I, I got to move, man. Like, yeah. I don't know, talk about that ADD or ADHD. Like whenever I was at school, I wasn't very good at school, man. Like I was not, I, I, I had a hard time. Like I, I passed, but like, like I didn't read my first book till 2020, which was David Goggins can't hurt me, <laughs> which is how I got. Anyways, that's the whole <laughs> next story. But that's how I got ultra ready. Yeah. But anyway, I uh, like, dude, I, I like, I used to do book reports and like skip through the whole book, read the back of the book there. And then yeah. like do a whole book report on like, just like, you know what I mean? Just like the back of the book. Let me ask like, you as a, as a teacher, is that a special <laughs> skill? Like, honestly, I think that's might be a special skill, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I, I, I made it happen, but bro, like every test, like I used to like write cheat notes and this was so funny about it. Like I do cheat notes, bring the cheat note to my test. But like I didn't need the cheat note because I already knew the the the, the answers because I read it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It out. So it's just like, but it was just like having the cheat sheet with me. You know what I mean? Like, was, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I I cheated, but like you know, it's like really I did put the work into take the notes and I actually knew the stuff. But by cheating, you accidentally taught yourself what you're supposed yeah, to. You learn. know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, school school was never my thing, and um, yeah, drums, man. It was just. Like I, I played trumpet. I was pretty good at trumpet, but it's just like, you know, you're only moving three fingers. <laughs> like I'm just like grooving over here, but I can't do anything else. Like whenever I started playing drums, it was just like, holy crap. It was like your whole body. It's like, now you're like, you're playing, it's all four limbs. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, it's like, you're, you're dividing your brain in two. And then on top of that, like playing in bands, like it's like, I refer to it as like, you know, it's like a, a car, but you can't drive a car without wheels. So yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It's a drum, drum kit's the same thing, man. You can't have a, a band without drums, you know, like without a, a backbeat, a heartbeat, you know? Yeah. So drums are super important. Like, even though we're in the back, we're technically like, you know what I mean? If you put on a good show, like, man, I remember I used to freaking play my cover band and I used to throw down like so much harder than the other two guys up front. And everyone said it was like my show, you know, <laughs> like, like I was the one up in front. I loved it, dude. <laughs> I loved it. That's awesome, dude. Well, I did write, I even, I think I wrote down, like, I feel like the drummer sets the tone. Like, it's not just the beat. Obviously, if you don't have the beat, you're not going to be able to play a song. Like as a band, you're not going to collaborate. Yeah. But you're also like setting the tone for for what 
what's happening in the show absolutely you know? man it's like you know the energy of a show could be what could change just by the energy of the way i play like like i used to like if you see live clips of me like i was an animal on stage and like our the energy of our band was just through the roof like we would we would like sometimes as my old band we would be the opening acts because we were still new and like we would be the opening band for some of these bigger bands and like we would friggin be we would have so much energy the 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 the, the band next was just like it was hard to kind of compete with us. You know what I mean? Because we just threw down, bro. It was like 45 minutes, just like in your face, get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it was cool. Yeah, it was a good time. So yeah, yeah. like whenever whenever I got into touring, that was like 2016, 2017. You know, like I'm from Canada, so it was really hard. I remember the first time we were supposed to go on tour, we didn't get our working visas in time. So we we actually were on a tour with a, a band in, from L.A., and uh, we we actually couldn't even make the first uh, half of the tour. We actually flew into Colorado. Our working visas came in, and we we missed from Florida all the way to Colorado. Oh, and then we got, we got into Colorado, then finished the rest of that tour. Then by 2017, we just uh, we, we we got we made sure we were kind of on top of it, and got our working visas right away, and then we just toured the whole year. Yeah, so now, that's now, crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, what Sorry. what challenges like i i don't know i just have to imagine like i think that's part of the fascination with with you know thinking about touring musicians is just like what is that life like like being on the road all the time you know you're with a group that you're tech like you're working with they're like your work people you know yeah. like but they're also your friends i have to imagine like what is that whole experience like so it was it was harder than what people can imagine because there's a lot of grinding dude you got to drive from venue mm. to venue, from state to state you got to then wait all day long then, then you then you load in your gear and then you do sound check and then you know that little bit of time where you play the show like that 45 minutes it's 45 minutes in that one day where you actually play in front of people and are actually throwing down having a good time so there's so much work and grinding that goes into it whenever you're on tour just for that little bit of pleasure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, whenever I was younger, I remember my guitar player used to always tell me, he's like, dude, you're cocky. I'm like, no, I'm not, man. I got good friends. I got a good family. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not cocky, but it's just like, then I look back and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I did have a bit of an ego. That's why I was like trying to do this whole rock star lifestyle, you know? <laughs> and then like, as I got older and then the pandemic hit, like, you know, I wrote the new album with the with my with the band I was with there, Six Sense, and um, you know that's whenever I started running, and I'm like, okay, like why am I doing this? Like the music thing was like I do love music, and music was part of me, and, and it always will be. I still play my drums every day, but like I've been with my wife since I was 16, and I got a great home life with my family. Everything's perfect, and I always said to people like people that thrived whenever they were on tour were people that didn't have a good home life that we're yeah. single you know what i mean and uh for me to like my band like they they just got signed to a major label it's like i uh i would have been gone like for a year you know what i mean yeah. to go and play shows stuff like i can't do that i got a house now we own a house my wife and i like i got two cats and you know what i mean it's just like i got responsibilities now and um and it was kind of time I made that call, that decision. Uh, well, but it's been about six months ago now. But uh, it took it was about a year where I was really thinking about it, and then yeah, I pulled the plug on it. But again, I'm not done playing drums. I still love it. It's still something I do. I'll probably end up finding a band or doing something, but just kind of do more of a local thing and just have fun with that. 
Uh, yeah. But to, to, to try and make it as a career, it's so tough, man. It's absolutely insanely tough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, did I remember- you, oh, sorry. Did you have like other people that you saw, you know, kind of go a similar route? You know what I mean? Like, did you have, were you interacting with other people who were like, oh, this actually, this isn't the lifestyle that I actually want to have right now? No, I don't. To be honest with you, in like here in Canada, we don't, there's not a lot of people out here that are, that I know anyways, that are like, that live the life that I did. Like, it's really tough, dude. It's it's really hard being in Canada because to get that working visa. Now, apparently to get a working visa to go tour in the States, it used to cost me 1500 bucks. Now I think it's like over three grand, dude. So it's like, it's like over three grand. And like, you don't even know if you're going to get it right away. And then like, you have to go out and play these shows to make it worthwhile. So it's yeah. like, it, it, it's almost like it, like, it's so hard. And then if I was to go tour in Canada, it's so hard because like, we're like Montreal to Toronto, you know what I mean? Ottawa, like all these big cities are so far away from one another. I mean, this stretch is pretty, pretty easy. But then after you pass Toronto, it's like, you got to drive hours and hours and hours to get, to get to the next big city to play. So in the States, it was super doable. You know, there's so many big cities in a row that you could go play around in. Um, but yeah, for us Canadians, it just got really hard to uh, to continue that lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Well, um, so at the same time, like you're starting to trail run, you're starting to become a runner, like. So and, so my, yeah. my that career started for me in like whenever the pandemic started in 2020. Yeah. And uh, like I, I only started road running in 2020. And like, like I, like I was just saying, like the David Goggins book there, can't hurt me. Like I read that book. I was kind of at a point in my life where I was like, not, I was just getting, getting my, my ass back in shape because, um, I had a conversation about this with Ray, but, um, during my touring years, I ended up getting, um, kind of sick. I had the parasites and I didn't know about it. And I ended up like, I, I found out I had like six of them and like three of them were like fatal. And uh, it was basically sucking the life right out of me. And I was losing a ton of energy. And I had no idea. I had no idea, man. I remember when I was on tour, I'm like, I was telling my guitar player, I'm like, dude, like, I know I have this fire inside me, but like, it's not there. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then like, as the years kept going on, like, it was just get, got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And I remember, I remember right before the pandemic, I, uh, I was working in my trade and I was working for a company at the time before I started my own company. And, uh, like dude it was during the day and i couldn't even get out of the van i was so exhausted and then i would get home go take take a nap right away and then like i used to always work out my entire life and all of a sudden from 2018 to 2019 like i wasn't even going to the gym i I had no energy to go to the gym so my mom i remember i quit my job i i started i started playing drums i wanted to like do do the whole drum teaching thing try to do that full time and uh it was just like I was at home playing drums, like should have been the great life. But then all of a sudden it was just like I was sleeping all day and I was napping. My mom walked in. She's like, you got to go get checked. Like there's something going on here. So anyways, I got checked. And then that's where I found out I had the parasites. Got rid of the parasites. Started running ultras. <laughs> dude, straight up. Dude, I'm not going to lie. It was like that quick. I was like, oh, I got, I got fixed up. And I was so jacked up. I was like frigging like t- I was texting my friends and shit. I'm like. Dude, like I was like, I told him what my what my what happened to me, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, my friends are all getting stool samples. Or they're just like, you know what I mean, they all thought they had parasites. <laughs> <and all fires. laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, dude, it was so funny. But like, no, my parents are just out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, dude, you don't have parasites. You're just out of shape, dude. Yeah, exactly. You need to make no. a T-shirt that just says "Got rid of the parasites, started running ultras," and wear that to your next race. Yeah, dude. But anyways, it, it's just it's so wild because it happened that quick. So like, I I got rid of the parasites. All of a sudden, I had a ton of energy, and I'm like, man, like I want to change my life around. So then, like. I picked up a book, like I started reading and I never read before in my life. Like I hated reading. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Got got up early in the morning, was getting up at 5 a.m., started reading before going to work. And then reading that book, I started running. Well, that year I st- I read I I never like I think that first week I tried doing a 5K, I could barely do it. And yeah. then two months later I ran 40k. <laughs> like it was like in two months, I I went from like not even not even be able to run 5k to 40k. And then, uh, then the year after I just kind of built from there. And then the third year, which was last year, I ran my first 80 kilometers in uh, Quebec mega trail, uh, Quebec mega trail, super technical, a lot of elevation gain. And like, it took me like 12 hours to do it was super, super hard, but that was my first ultra. And then, and then I ran hundred K right after. And, uh, and then this year came around and I'm like January and I was like, I, I went sober for the first six months. Not that I have an issue, but I was just like, you know what? I really want to dial this up, went sober and I started the whole new normal thing. Franny learned how to play piano, (laughs) my wife. And we just like, I just ran, my goal was to run an ultra every month of this year. So I I'm still on track doing that. I've actually ran like multiple ultras in some months. Like I just went completely crazy with this. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, like, as you know, like when you, whenever you run an ultra, you just, you come out a different person. Like I, I tell people this all the time when you run a hundred miles, I feel like you gain seven years of life experience, like not even lying. Like, it's just like, I come out a different person. So I'm completely hooked. And I, I know I, I got way more potential. So that's why I was like, really, I signed up to that whole Atacama thing because I want to get to know Ray and pick his brain and you know just to learn from the best like dude i'll be honest with you i don't know if i told you this in out of comma but i told uh, i told ray this but whenever i signed up for that expedition like i had no idea which fucking desert we were going to (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even lying dude i was just like i was like raise a half like you want me to go i'm in (laughs) dude i was like i was sold like i didn't even care bro and then like i had to like figure like figure out like oh shit like okay no yeah i'm going to chile like you know what i mean like, <laughs> like, i had no idea dude i'm just a yes man i'm just like let's go you know so dude um, i love that so much man i just it's and it's i feel like it is the energy that that you brought which is just like yeah what are we doing we got this let's go come on you know and then it's also the inner energy that ray brings which is just being the most enthusiastic, like supportive person I've you know, it's crazy. ever met, thought, you know? <laughs> absolutely. And I thought I had a lot of energy until I met Ray. <laughs> like, holy jeez, man. Like, this guy is off the charts, man. Like, <laughs> dude. So it sounds like you I was gonna say I was gonna make a funny pun, and now I'm saying it's gonna be a funny pun. It's not gonna be funny. But <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like you got rid of the parasites and you caught another bug the ultra bug is that was the whole i had that in my head for the last couple of minutes but uh I, exactly. <laughs> um dude what was it specifically about david goggins book because i know that it is such a huge it was such a huge like exposure 
for people who had never heard of ultras and now they're reading this book and now they're hooked into or they're they at least want to try one you know there was something about that book and his story and the way he says it which uh includes a lot of four letter words and stuff like that yeah, you yeah. know um but there's something about the way <laughs> he describes it that makes people want to test their own limits you know but what yeah. was it for you oh man that's a great question um I don't know, man. It's just like you could just feel when you read his book that this guy was just tough and you like nothing was going to stop him, you know? And I think it just influenced me so much that like, hey, if I push really hard and just be become a big time savage, um, yeah, nothing's going to hold me back. You know what I mean? So and 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 like I started running and I the, the better shape I got in, like it was crazy. Like when I when I was doing my quotes, I, I was running my HVAC company at that time and uh the moment I start getting shape, all of a sudden I'm doing quotes and I was selling jobs quicker. Like I was like, like I was like going in and getting the job without, and like, I don't know if it was just because I was walking in with so much confidence and just so like, you know what I mean? Just in tune yeah. with myself or if it was just because like now I'm more years experienced in the trade. I don't know, <laughs> but I just like, I feel like going forward, like even my relationship with my wife, like I've been with Franny since I was 16, I'm 31 now. But it's like you ask her and we both agree the last like two years has been like our relationship is like that much better. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it just. He was a positive influence on my life in the beginning. Now, like, you know, obviously I'm picking other people's brains. Like I love Goggins still. He still cracks me up and he's he's great. Um, but yeah, he got me started in this. So like for I'll always forever be grateful for that. Yeah. You know, I think there is something to be said about the confidence builder that running can be you know and i think some of it has to do with it does build self-esteem because you are doing something that's hard and even like you said going out and trying to run a 5k at the beginning was really hard and then you yeah. push yourself through it and by pushing yourself through you're like oh i realize i can actually just push through discomfort and that to me that builds self-esteem you know, and I, I heard this quote one time and it stuck with me, but it was basically like the idea, like the only way you build self-esteem is by doing esteemable acts. And there's many ways you can do esteemable acts, but for whatever reason, running, since it is such kind of like this, I don't know, it's like a, it's a way of like, I don't know, the way running is, is the fact that it seems so simple and yet it's so hard to do and you get to decide how hard it is like you can go easy you can push really hard like you get to do that and so in your brain you're like i know i pushed hard in this workout like i know i did and and i got through it and that gives you some esteem you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know how else yeah, to put absolutely. it absolutely you know another thing is too like because like I, as you see i like do a lot of posting and stuff like that like i've always been kind of marketing myself whether it was the doing the band thing yeah or now this new normal thing um like for those of you that don't know my oh, yeah wife, tell us about that real quick yeah um so <clears throat> beginning of these this year like i i, I bought a t-shirt from the fuel hunt i don't know if you heard of that brand that company mm -hmm. so anyways the shirt it said all hard work no handouts and every time i put that shirt on i was like i gotta get after it 
You know what I mean? I felt like it was just like, it was like an accountability t-shirt. So like my whole goal, whenever I first started this whole new normal thing was like, I want to create a t-shirt that like people put the shirt on and it's like, they want to get out and get after it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause you can't, you can't wear that shirt and just sit on the couch and eat donuts. Exactly. <laughs> and literally people like now this whole t-shirt company is like, like in our communities kind of take it off and like everyone that wears it, they're wearing it to go to the gym or do something productive. It doesn't have to be like getting out, getting after it. You could read a book all day long. If that's what yeah. gets you in bed, do you know what I mean? That's what we're trying to push. Do what you love to do. But um, yeah, so I like the whole like idea of new normal was just like it was supposed to be in the beginning a t-shirt like that was supposed to keep you accountable. And uh, I remember my brother-in-law, he's like kind of a mentor of mine, uh, Franny's brother he's he's just like looked at me he's like code he's like it's a great idea but like do you want to be selling t-shirts for the rest of your life i'm like yeah touche <laughs> so i we we like right away Fran and i we like we still sell the t-shirts we're still selling the gear but we kind of like we're treating it more as like a community now and franny is a nutrition coach and i got my personal training certificate i'm trying to get in the fitness world myself so we're trying to we're trying to build up this community together and hopefully one day to work together for and I and um, yeah, help people find their new normal. It's kind yeah. of what the whole thing, the concept's all about, but uh, yeah, like it's already happening. Like the city has been hiring us to do some youth workshops. Like people are recognizing the stuff that we're doing. And, you know, like when I came back from Atacama, it's like, you know, this was just another chapter of this year that I did. Like it's, I did a lot of crazy things this year, but like, you know, people are just like, like blown away by the things that that I've done this year you know but like, like I told you it's just like this is just the beginning like I'm so ready to push you know like yeah. I like I think it was with the band like I invested so much time and energy with the band that was like not my family you know what I mean it's like I was investing in something that I wasn't sure was going to take off now I'm investing in something that it's for my wife and I and and like we are in control of this and I know like where this can go. And that's why I'm going all in with whatever I'm going to do. So yeah. Yeah. it's, uh, it's a very exciting time of my life right now. Like we're both just, there's so much energy in our little small home that we have here in Cornwall, Ontario. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so exciting, man. Just yeah, man. Well, I would say too, like, you're not just selling a t-shirt, you're selling like an idea. And that's yeah. powerful. You know what I mean? Like the idea itself is where the power comes from. Um, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of like the reframing, you know, is is kind of what it sounded like you were doing. You like reframed what what this could be in your mind. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, life's short, man. And like, I just, I want, I want to have something in life always that's like, gets me out of bed like i'm thrilled you know what i mean i want to be excited every day i want to have a dream like i think if you have a dream always that's whenever you're going to live a very you know what i mean a young experience like a um yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah no that makes sense to me because you know like eventually like you and i we're pretty young we're super young still right i'm just yeah. i'm trying to speak to you because i know you're a lot you're younger than me yeah. <laughs> we're cool we're yeah exactly no no, but but like it's crazy dude it's like uh people get like and it's like you know everyone's different but a lot of people get wrapped up in their nine to five job and yeah you know, 
it's uh, like you know you got three kids bro and like you're still went out to the atacama desert and you're, you're doing this podcast like it's it's really inspiring to see you do this stuff and and like like whenever i saw you i had no idea you had three kids like i looked at you and talked to you like yo this guy's my bro like you know what i mean it's like <laughs> and then you're telling me your father and you've been a father for so many years like what it's like you, yeah. you just there's certain people that have it and you're one of them dude so but it's but it's true man because like I don't know the phrase that has always bummed me out and I'm I'm I've probably been guilty of using this phrase but it's when people have now taken this phrase in and now it's like just a part of their everyday and their being it's the phrase same shit different day and yeah. that nothing makes me sadder than that you know and you know, and it's it's if you embrace that and that's now who you are, I'm like, well, that's not okay. Like, look how giant this place is. Like, look how incredibly beautiful the world is. And look at all these different adventures that are just waiting for you. They're like sitting there waiting for you to engage in them. And if you have the mindset of same shit, different day, like you're not, in, you're choosing not to engage in them. You're choosing to just, fall into your the comfort of whatever your routine is or or you're placing these barriers on yourself where you're like oh that's never going to be me so why even bother you know yeah but i think like being able to dream big forever like always have a dream or a goal that you're working towards is just going to open the world up for you absolutely man like i just feel young always at heart you know <laughs> Like, like seriously like i'm just always just like pushing always you know like i've for the longest time it was that whole rock star lifestyle that i wanted and it's like yeah and yeah like it, it's it's something that like got me out of bed every day you know and now yeah. it's like now that i'm in like doing this whole ultra running thing it's so much fun and the community it's beautiful and and then i'm investing in this new normal thing with my wife it's like yeah it's it's fun man and like like i said it's just the beginning so yeah, man. Well, I want to hear a little bit about your hundred milers. So can you walk me through which one came first? So I wrote down and I'm going to say I'm wrong. So why don't you actually want you just tell me them. there's the Bromont ultra. And then there's one that I'm not sure how to say it. Gaspé. Gaspé? Yeah. Gaspé. Yeah. Okay. It's in yeah. So the Gaspé one, that was very interesting. That was your first one. Yeah. That was my first one. Yeah. So oh wait, hold on. Let me ask that again. That was your first one, eh? Hey. <laughs> Dude, you guys called me out. And I really... You haven't said A once this whole entire podcast. And Are you so bummed. Yeah. Okay. Because like I'm like at I'm at work every day and I'm like, I'm catching myself saying that. I'm like, God damn, Chris and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of A's. We was you know, we were with we we're uh camping with a lot of awesome Canadians, you know, and uh, a lot of A's were being thrown around. Willy a lot Willy. of guys, baby. <laughs> no, so uh, Gas Bay. That was um, so we were pretty close to the ocean. There, we were told it was gonna be wet. Like even if it was, even if we didn't have any rain that for that run, it was still gonna be wet and muddy, and it was. So it was uh, it was fifty k out, fifty k back, fifty k out again. It was like out back out. Um, it was a little bit more than fifty k, but it was around that. So we ran, I ran, we had to do the first 50 some K in like 10 hours. And we thought that was a ton of time. This is my first hundred miles. I ran with a buddy of mine, Sebastian Warner. He's the one that kind of, he's, he was like my mentor. He's from Cornwall. 
And he was like the only one from Cornwall that was doing these hundred mile runs. So I got to know him. We ran a lot together. And then that was my first hundred mile race. And we ran, we ran the first 55 K together, whatever it was. I think it was like 53 kilometers, but anyways, we ran it and we realized real quick that like, this is a pretty tough course. Like it's very muddy. And that 10 hour cutoff, I got back for the nine and a half hours. Wow. So Seb, I ended up leaving Seb. Seb was just like a little slow at the aid stations and Seb ended up having to drop out and he's never dropped out at any hundred mile race. Like that's how tough this was. Yeah. So he, he actually dropped out at like 70 kilometers or something like that. I, uh, I, I, so I ran the first 50 53 K or whatever. And then I had to run back and it was basically like a 50 kilometer warm up. Then I had to like kind of sprint back to the other end. So, so I gave her, made it back. I had uh, maybe like an hour and a half to play with sort of thing. And then I had to head back home. So this was like overnight and, uh, I'm marching, you know, I'm, I'm like starting to get pretty beat down because I just like the last 50 some kilometers, like the second leg I was really giving her, which you're not supposed to on a hundred mile race. You're supposed to kind of conserve your energy. Right. Yeah. But like, I started off too slow. So I was trying to make up for time and I just like, so I trashed my leg. So like the, the third leg, it was, uh, it was lonely. I was by myself. Like it was a small race. There's only like 30 some people that entered the race. Only six finished. Um, I get about halfway on that third leg and, uh, it started pouring and this was my first hundred mile race. I was not prepared. Like I, my rain jacket was a crappy old rain jacket that just like leaked right through. I was wearing shorts and it was a disaster. <laughs> so we had, it was the, the reason why this race was so tough is that the, it was a 30 hour cutoff for the hundred miles. And uh, for this race in particular, it was like, that was a pretty tough cutoff, um, which is the reason why not a lot of people finish this race. Yeah. So I, was, I, uh, <clears throat> I get to, I'm about to, uh, let's just say 130 kilometers in and uh, I started kind of dropping into hypothermia. Like my lips were purple. I was white as a ghost. And I'm like, and I was the last one on the course. Like basically if I was to stop, probably would have died out in that course. It was they, pretty. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one there. So, so I'm marching along. I'm like, it, it was so like, I, I couldn't help but laugh. I'm like, you know, like I put myself in this situation, like I'm an idiot. Like, I'm like, whatever. But, like, <laughs> the whole time, like my lips and everything are just chattering, you know? So I I get to the last aid station, there's 10 kilometers left. And, and I'm like the whole time, like saying to myself, I'm like, they better have soup. They better have soup. You know? <laughs> like I get there and uh, all these people look at me and they're like, Oh no, you're not going back out. And I'm like, part of my language, but I'm like, like fuck. I'm like, I am totally going back up. I'm like, I signed up for a hundred mile race. I'm finishing this hundred mile race. And they, they were they laugh. like not even expecting you? Like, did they? they you no, know, they they like they knew there was a guy out there. Like they're they're all waiting. Like there was yeah. it was you know what I mean? It was just yeah, they're waiting. There was because I wasn't far behind from the other two people. There were six people that finished. I came sixth. Okay, so like I wasn't too far behind the other people that are in front of me um but they were looked at me they're like you do not look good like you're not going back out i'm like i had 10 kilometers left i'm like i'm going back out so anyways they called the race director next thing you know two trucks come pulling up they race over they look at me and they're like Eesh. they're like dude like you, you don't look good i'm like and i'm like sitting there I'm like i'm going back out like, like shaking. Just right up so anyways 
Dude, they did an exceptional job. They stripped me right down. They took me with my jacket off. They took everything off. The, you know the 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 aluminum jacket, uh, foil blanket, or whatever. Yeah. So they they made they they took the one of those out of my pack. They opened it up. They put it on my body. They they took warm bottles of water. They put it all over me. They got my core temperature back up. Uh, I was there for about twenty to thirty minutes. It was kind of like the longest uh, time I spent in the A station, but it had to be done because I was so cold. So, anyways, they sent me off and i'm colorblind and there was like multiple races going on that day so i'm like running down the hill you know i'm like i feel good i'm like running everyone's cheering me on and stuff i get down the hill no one could see me and i take a wrong turn so <laughs> there's the other one. flags it was like green there's other red. flags so there's like green and red flags and like <laughs> other colors, but i couldn't even i couldn't even see and i'm like just like all jacked up and take a wrong turn i'm running up and down this hill dude like yeah. completely like like i'm like shaking my head i'm like what i'm like screaming like god I'm you like, know so. it's a you know it's the wrong turn i know it's the wrong turn but i couldn't figure it out and i'm and of course it's on a steep incline i'm running up down up down up down thank god i was on a gravel road so all of a sudden i see this truck come peeling out like this is like an hour and a half later it comes peeling out and rips up the road and it's five guys all white as a ghost they thought i was dead <laughs> they're they're like they're like they looked at me and i'm like and i'm laughing i'm like you guys thought i was dead didn't you they're like yep we did <laughs> anyways they actually drove next to me they 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 led me to the right direction and then i ended up finishing the race and you you probably saw the video on my instagram but like it was a struggle man i get to the end there and whenever whenever i crossed that finish line it was like okay great people were cheering me on and stuff i walked in body shut down i was like i was instantly instantly i, I was trying to eat because i was so hungry but then like i couldn't even like i couldn't even swallow it like it was like so i almost started choking and stuff like dude it was a disaster so so then bromont bromont i just did uh, a month before atacama so I, that was a hundred mile race. And I, I looked at the weather and I, it was going to be shitty. It was going to be great. It was going to be gross, just like gas bay. And I'm like, this is not happening again. So it was an 80 kilometer loop and we have to do the 80 kilometers again. The thing is with Bromont and gas bay and gas bay, I did it in June. And in gas bay, we had five hours of darkness. And in Bromont, we had over 12. So like it was because it was fall time, you know, it's yeah. like, it was way different. So it was, so imagine this pouring rain. Yeah black pitch black. <laughs> i'm by myself the last 80k like the whole last lap um so anyways i <clears throat> i i i start i got like i got to the tent this is after the first 80k and i'm like i dressed dressed up in layers bro like i just dressed up in like a base layer i had the rain pants this time and a good rain jacket which i didn't have last time and uh i had a i had a good aid station like about 30 40 kilometers uh, again on that lap so then i i had uh, dry clothes there as well because i was prepared i was super prepared for this race and um yeah i get to the so I, I i got out there it was pouring rain i was warm i'm seeing people like i'm trying to catch catch up to people i see the headlights in the distance and i'm by myself i'm like i just want to run with people you know yeah and everyone I'm catching up to everyone's like oh i'm done i'm freezing i can't do this anymore every person i ran up to so anyways i get up to the next aid station um I actually had Sebastian pace me for the last 40 kilometers. So I, I did end up running with him, which was really nice. Uh, but every person that I ran into, they just quit. So I get close to the they end. They were freezing like, cold. They were like you in the other cold. They, were, yeah. they experienced what I went through in gas bay. <laughs> yeah. like, what, I, what I went through in gas bay, I just, I finished. You know what I mean? Because I was just like, 
that's one thing about posting and making it like you know what I mean, public that you're doing yeah. 100 miles. It's like you're you feel you hold yourself accountable. It's like you know, I signed up for a hundred mile race. I'm going to finish this hundred mile race. I'm yeah. not going to be like, hey guys, look at me. I'm going to hundred. I'm not going to run a hundred miles and not do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this Broma race, I'm like, but this time I want to make sure I enjoy the experience. And I, I dress really warm. Um, and yeah, 116 people entered the race and only, uh, what was it? 21 finished. Jeez, that's yeah, insane, and I, dude. And I came 16th. So that was my second hundred mile race. And I was pretty proud of it. But I learned a lot of things again. So it was the, my first race in Gas Bay. This this is the one thing I did learn. And for any ultra runner like that's getting into it, take notes. <laughs> but for my first run in Gas Bay, I wore Saks underwear. And if you're not familiar with Saks underwear, it's like a they, they have a pouch that hold your your you know what I mean your boys. Yeah, that's and, why I had how they got their name. Obviously. Yeah. So so the Saks <laughs> literally carved freaking right into my legs on the first run in Gas Bay. Yeah. So I so much that i remember like like the last leg of the 50k i had to stick a rag in my underwear i couldn't figure out what was going on but it was because the sax underwear carved right my legs Whoa. so don't wear sax underwear when you're running in bromont the mistake i made there i wore compression shorts yeah i work with compression uh, reebok uh, like shorts for underneath my shorts but those though they're too tight and like right underneath my boys yeah <laughs> completely <laughs> rubbed it raw so it, it both in gaspe and bromont i didn't finish it wasn't comfortable all the way through but i'm really looking forward to the next 100 miles because i i learned a lot and I, that won't happen again you're so. going commando next 100 miles right? <laughs> yeah i gotta figure something out like i'm not gonna wear a skirt like ray but <laughs> um dude well it's it's weird in the rain because i did i did 150k in the rain and it poured like downpour actually i've done a couple 50ks in the rain but one i actually had rain gear on and the other one i was wearing t-shirt shorts and the one with t-shirt and shorts it downpoured so hard and you're just sitting in that wet clothes for hours and hours and hours that like anywhere my shirt was touching or anywhere i had like a seam in the in the shorts it completely rubbed those raw so like i took off my shirt afterwards and like around my whole entire neck there was just cuts yeah. around my arms there were cuts and then around my waist where my shorts were it just yeah. dug right in so i don't i don't know like in the rain dude i i just think i don't really know like the best strategy to yeah handle so so what, one thing i learned is like look at the forecast before doing a run yeah and usually like on a big race usually got quite a few drop bags like bring everything bring underwear bring socks bring t-shirt bring shorts like yeah. change everything so like when you get out there you just feel always fresh like you will get wet yes but then like whenever you're getting soaked and you start feeling uncomfortable you're already at the next aid station where you can change again yeah. so that's one thing i that's one thing i did learn and at bromont like you know i it you like you're right like it's it's inevitable it's gonna it's raining you're gonna be wet the whole time and my feet dude were so raw like i got i had blisters that were completely banged up like yeah because you know, your feet like they just don't catch a break like your body could be kind of dry for a bit your feet are wet like the whole time if it's raining the whole time so yeah yeah did you and our did you and our friend yawn you both ran bromont uh he didn't run bromont this year no okay i thought you guys were talking about some race you were both at or something and then you were both saying you don't have any toenails now <laughs> uh quebec mega trail i think oh, we that's right yeah so i'm I, I signed up for the 100 miles of quebec mega trail quebec mega trail is a, a really big one here in yeah. uh, canada 
Um, but Bromont, man, is a tough one too. Like there was like close to eight thousand meters elevation gain. Um, yeah, it was, and dude, like it was pouring rain that whole second lap. So it's like it was all kinds of climbing and complete my like it was. I like you can't even I can't even explain it. To people, it's like you know the Atacama Desert. Like yeah. people ask like, oh, what was it like? You just can't explain it. Same thing with hundred miles. It's like dude, I just sometimes it's just like yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's a lot, you know. So what I've learned so far is any 100 miler in Canada, it's going to downpour. Like it's just going to be a torrential rainstorm and only like, (laughs) only like six people are going (laughs) to finish. Yeah, dude. Like, like, or have you just gotten unlucky, you know? Yeah. I mean, so far from what I heard just this year was a really bad year for, especially the Quebec races. Yeah. Um, cause even Yan, he did one, I think out in the States, that's pretty close to us. And he said it poured rain this whole hundred miles. Oh around. yeah. The one so it two. was just one, I, it was just one of those years, but you know, it, it just adds to the experience. Like, you know, after, after, it, <clears throat> after gas bay, I was like, it can't get any worse, you know, but like, it always could get worse. <laughs> that's what they realized. Like, you know, like, don't think that it's just going to be a walk in the park after a hundred mile race that went tough. It's like every race has its own challenges, you yeah. know? So it's just how are you, you going to push through it? And like, I, I have a, a lot of drive to keep going. Like there's, there's something in me that's just like, I won't quit, you know? So I might not be in the top two, top three sort of thing, but I'll definitely finish like, like almost all my races going forward. And I, yeah. I know I will, unless yeah. I injure myself really bad. So. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about your 200k run that you kind of just put on yourself and and then how how was that a different experience you know not like now that wasn't necessarily a you're not competing against other people you're you're really obviously competing against yourself in that situation yeah so that one though i i it was 198 kilometers but i actually did in two days so i did like the first day it was like 85k then the second day was like 105 or something like that I personally, I want to do the whole thing in one shot, but my wife's like, oh, I'll tag along. We'll do like a new normal promo tour. I'm like, okay, perfect. So we'll break up two days. I tell people this though. Like, I think, I think it would have been easier doing it one shot to be honest with you. Uh, Because, you know, after you run, so the first day I ran, it was the hottest day of the year and I was completely exposed to the sun, dude. Like I was going through a thousand milliliters of water in like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I I was telling Franny, I'm like, Hey, just meet me in eight kilometers. I had to call it right away. I'm like, you got to meet me sooner. Like, like yeah. there was like first day was brutal, like brutal. So it took everything out of me. And um, I get to the hotel in Brockville and then, yeah, I just hung out and then got up the next morning at 430 and then ran the next 105K. Uh, but yeah, that was just kind of like, I just, I don't know, like after, when was that? That was in... Like I said, I just want to do an ultra. I want to do something big every month, you know? So that yeah. was, it was the middle of summer. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I still like, it was after gas, but it was a few months after gas, but so I'm like, I feel good. I'm completely ready to rock now. And I knew I had another hundred miles in October. So it's like, I just want to get the miles in. It was more of like, it wasn't a race. It was just, but it was fun. Like I had fun doing it because I was like posting a lot. I was kind of sharing my experiences on, on uh, my stories and stuff through Instagram. Yeah. And people like it was crazy, dude. People actually came out and supported me. And some people like like whenever I got closer to Cornwall, I had like a small army run with me, like back home. Like it was it was unbelievable, man. Like I said, Cornwall is just a, a crazy 
It's a great city. Like, and, and, you know, I've been born and raised in this, the area. So I, I'm really, uh, really happy with the support that we've been getting. Um, but yeah, like it wasn't, it was just on the road. So it wasn't anything like hard or crazy. Like I'd say my hundred mile races were 10 times harder. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was just different, you know, like, you know, running on a road, staring at that white line, for, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? 24 hours. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's got its own challenges. But it wasn't that bad, you know. It was yeah. it was nice. My wife was following me, tagging along the whole way, and uh, yeah, it was good. But like it was it was crazy. I didn't get to experience that heat until that day. That was the first time I got to experience that that crazy heat because it was like it's like you're also running on the road where it's like the sun's hitting the asphalt and bouncing back. So it's like, it, dude, it was it wrecked me. Like it was it was completely nuts. So then I had to get home. I, I got to Brockville, and then it's like my job's not done. I got to run another hundred five kilometers tomorrow. You know, so it's like. <laughs> It was pretty, it was pretty savage. Like it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun experience. Yeah, man. Well, I think what I really appreciate, like, especially hearing all your stories right now and, and, and all of that is it's, it's, I really appreciate the fact that you've thrown yourself into all these different aspects of trail running and ultra running, you know, like you've done the organized races, you've done your own thing that you kind of put together uh you went out and did an expedition like it's it's kind of yeah, cool another thing, another thing i did too though like i wanted to do a charity run so i did do a charity run too i did for my 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 uncle runs a nonprofit boxing club yeah and he's changed a lot of kids lives so i i actually did uh he had a small it's a small club and it's around the block there it was 700 meters so i ran 50k and uh dude i had we had again small army i got all kinds of sponsors i i, I said i was going to do this charity run like like two weeks before the run i raised like close to five grand that's awesome that yeah, is it was amazing insane. and then like i had people the kids like run their first half marathons i had one kid run the whole 50k with me he never ran 50k ever yeah i, I, I run 42 kilometers his first marathon so like we had all these people run prs so yeah like i did i did try to touch like everything like i tried doing the races the organized races i did my own ultra yeah. I did do the charity run. Like, yeah, it's it, like I said, the community of running, like the, everyone's just so special and unique. And yeah, it's, as you know, like, it's just, it's so much fun. <laughs> well, it's awesome, dude. And I love the fact that you're like sending the ripples out there, you know, like you don't know who you can affect uh, through doing these things. You know, someone might hear your story. They might, they might see you just out running and they might be like, that looks like something I want to try to do now and, and somehow like improve my life and improve the way I'm, you know, going about my day. Um, and it's yeah. awesome, dude. I think that's something that that is is awesome. And you've talked about your community a lot um, and the support and all that. And I just want to hear like a little bit more just about that. Um, do you think it's like pride like the community is so proud that they have someone going out and trying these things yeah i i don't know you know whenever i was uh, i think i what the reason why i appreciate my city so much is because i got the to experience like touring and traveling so much yeah and whenever i was on the road you know i remember i was in la and i was in this beautiful city and i was like just traveling around doing my touring thing and i'm like man, you know what? I miss home. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just miss the people at home. I miss, I miss like the, the vibe, like we're very central. Like I live right on the, on the border of the States. So I, I go to the Adirondacks train there a lot. Like that's where the mountains are. Montreal's an hour away. Ottawa's an hour away. Toronto's four hours away. It's like, so we're very central to everything and we're not a very big city. 
So, you know, I'm going around these big cities. I'm like, you know, you're not familiar with things. It's like, I just realized I'm like a real homebody, you know, even though I do like to experience things, I like to get out and travel and meet new people like you. I like home. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I, I think it's just because my family's so great and my wife's here. So it's like, I just, I, t- I t- have a lot of pride in this city, you know? And I, and like, now this is like, I chose to be here. So I'm going to make sure that, you know, we're going to just appreciate the community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I feel like the city has a lot of pride in you also, you know, it's, in what it's, you're it's doing. happening now. It really, it's really happening. Like they've, after my Bromont run, they talked about it on the radio after they had a comma, they talked about it on the radio. It's like, so, and, and, you know, people are sharing it. Like now people are starting to hire Fran and I more for like this whole health and nutrition thing. And they, you know, we're becoming those people, which is really cool. Uh, I, we just want to get back and help people out, you know, and make sure that they could live their, their lives to their fullest just like how we are, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot of like, it's just funny. It's interesting. The people that hear the stories about the chafe and the hard, like the hard, hard, hard hypothermia and, you know, and the whole, and the heat coming off the road and stuff. And somehow that connects to people and they're like, that sounds like something that I would be into, you know? know, And I I think part of it though, is like, they're like, we know Cody, like he's, lives in our city and he's been yeah. able to to do these things like i don't know i think that's kind of like a powerful thing well you know i was gonna say too i don't know if i said this earlier on but i found like when i was promoting my band and doing this whole touring thing and posting about that people were thought it was cool but no one could relate to that yeah now i'm starting to talk about running and there's something that people know that they've done it before and it's hard you know what i mean yeah. so now it's like people can relate to this i found the, the communities kind of coming and like supporting and talking to me more about this whole running journey that i'm on that i'm in right now more often you know what i mean because yeah. like the whole like band thing doing the drums playing in front of thousands of people it's like they're just like they just think i'm out there playing but they don't really see the hard work that was put in like dude when i was in my early 20s you know how many parties i said no to you know how many freaking times i said no to my friends because i had to go rehearse yeah go practice you know what i mean like i used to sleep on couches every weekend during the week just just to be up to be with my band in montreal an hour away like i just i worked i grinded so much to live that touring lifestyle like it wasn't just going out there and playing it's like we worked our asses off yeah but no one sees that part you know no one sees that part they just see me play in front of people so it's like and that's cool and that's playing that's playing you know what i mean but no there's a lot of hard work in that so this whole running journey it's like i'm sharing my experience and like you know, like it's hard work, dude. Running a hundred miles is not easy. Like if yeah. it was easier, I would do it. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing, man. And then the last part, I just wanted to hear you kind of expand. You said running a hundred miles feels like it gives you seven years of life experience. And I love that idea so much. Um, can you kind of like expand on that? And then like, what lessons have you learned just about like the way to live your life, um, through those experiences? Oh man, that's, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough question, <laughs> but, um, it, it's, it's hard, dude. Like you, it, it just, I think whenever you, you do a big run like that, you just feel it. You just feel it, man. Like you just yeah. feel it yourself and your, your confidence in yourself. Um, when you walk into a room, you just, you just, you feel like a different person. I don't even know how to explain it, man. You just, it's one, it's one of those things you just have to do. Right, like go out and start running. Like you'll feel, you'll experience like 
the runner's high comes whenever you start getting in better shape. You know, like I, if I was to tell anyone, like give anyone some advice, like just get out the door and just start like go to the gym, like break a sweat, get that heart rate up. You know what I mean? Um, whenever, whenever I run the hundred miles, yeah, it, it changed me. It, I guess the biggest thing is like, I find you appreciate everything a little bit more like, you know, uh, chocolate just tastes a little sweeter sort of thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just, I, I love my wife that much more. It's like, you appreciate, like when I came back from Atacama, like I couldn't believe how much I just like, I hugged my wife and I was like, I held her there for like just a while. I'm like, it's just like, just appreciating everything around me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing for me right now. It's like, the more I keep doing these big adventures, I'm like, I just like, I appreciate my parents more. I appreciate yeah. talking to you so much more. Yeah. I appreciate the friendship. You know what I mean? Like I, I have so much love for you and Phil. It's like, you know what I mean? Just because we got to share something together. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a hard question to answer. It's, it's one of those things where, it's but like, it opens you up to that. I think, cause I'm like, it, it forces you to give yourself space from the normal like whatever your normal is you go out and do an ultra run or whatever and it forces you to step outside of that you know yeah. and to bring was... it full circle find a new normal boom you know what i'm saying dude just dropped it <laughs> whoa <Mic drop. laughs> uh no man that's awesome dude um yeah i i've really appreciated you know that whole experience um you know doing the expedition and running with you and hanging out and camping and you know all that was i don't know i like i'm still processing it i'm still you know drawing meaning from it but what you just said about appreciating everything i mean dude it's that i think you hit the nail on the head there because i'm like i'm i'm back I'm doing the same things I was doing before I left, but everything feels different and yeah. it feels better and all that. I don't, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I, I had, uh, I was telling my wife this, but there was a couple people in my life that were just kind of like acting a little negative. And for whatever reason, when I came back home, I'm like, I was just on cloud nine. I'm like, I just like, I couldn't, couldn't be around that energy. I'm just like, I just need to be like, with people that are just like on cloud nine with me you know what I mean? so yeah like i don't know but yeah. then sometimes you bring them up you know like if yeah you're, no 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 for sure you know, for like sure. if you're yeah, on yeah. cloud nine and people see that and it's not changing even though they're bringing negative energy and like sometimes you you pull them up onto the cloud and, dude, and, and, and i feel like i'm always that guy anyways yeah but like but but since i came back from atacama it's like I, I think I like I that's whenever I realize I'm like wow like I'm I'm really happy right now yeah <laughs> you know I mean? like, I'm yeah. really happy like this is crazy and I I you know Ray, Ray said it best it's just like he said like if you it's like your health is what matters most you know it's like if you have your health you have you have everything it's like it doesn't matter if you got if you're rich it doesn't matter if you freaking got a big house or anything it's like it's, it's your health man yeah so we're young we're healthy and we got beautiful families you know so Heck yeah, man. Well, and I know that you have big dreams and big goals you're working towards. And I don't, I don't know if you've solidified any of those things yet that you're, you want to work towards, but I will say whenever you are chasing those and, and all that, you have my 100% support, you know, I'm going to be cheering you on and I would love to have you back on, talk about all that stuff, you know? um in the future because i know you're gonna do big things like i have 100 confidence in that and everything like oh, that. dude i can't yeah. wait to see you again man and i i actually 
You guys were talking about Deserats in 2025? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to enjoy it, bro. Like, we're doing it. <laughs> no, my best friend out here, I'm going to put the pressure on right now because I've got a, I got a peer pressure him into it, I think, but he's turning 50 in 2025. Yeah, you're telling me that. And, uh, and he came out and filmed Deserats with us, so he got to experience it. He's like, I think I want to do it. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, when I turn 50, I think that's how I'm going to celebrate turning 50. I'm like, done. You're signed up. Then I'm signed up. It's all the balls are going to be rolling. You know, you, you let me know whenever registration's open. You let me know when you're signed up to that. Like I'm hundred percent in, right. but yeah, I, I definitely like, I need to see you again. Like yeah. we're going to, I already told my wife, you're going to meet Chris. You're going to love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man, man. Dude. dude, I'll have to come up to Canada, get some Canada races in, you know what I mean? absolutely man. just eating but, ketchup potato chips saying a yeah. one <laughs> once it, once bro. more dude yeah. you didn't say a at all this whole time <laughs> Try to in, keep the <laughs> in the desert maybe you were feeling like homesick you know when you were in south america I <laughs> I, yeah i don't know i find whenever i get really excited i talk like a skater boy or something i don't know <laughs> where ray called it out all the time he's like oh my god Goey's just really excited right now <laughs> <laughs> um dude where can people kind of like follow along your journey i know you have um you know you have a instagram you have the new normal like can you tell everyone where to follow that and i'll put it in the show notes too yeah so instagram uh at cody taylor runs I got a YouTube page too. I'm just kind of posting my races and just. I started watching stuff today, just so you know. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing crazy. I'm not putting too much. It's more of just a GoPro. I just kind of follow along. Yeah. But yeah, at Cody Taylor runs. It's cool though if you want to see like this, you know, the stories you just told. If you want to see kind of like the visuals of that. Exactly. Yeah. I I think for Adacom, I'm going to take a little bit more time and kind of do a bit more detail and kind of do voiceovers and stuff. Yeah. So that's why I haven't posted that yet. I'm going to kind of really take my time on that one. But yeah, it's uh, the YouTube thing is more just like for now, it was more just for myself because it's kind of fun just to look back and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, But yeah, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not crazy on, I mean, I do the social media, like the Instagram every day, but it's about it. Yeah, man sweet dude well hey we'll have you back on in the future for sure and we're, we'll definitely hang out we'll plan some sort of adventure together yeah please man can't wait all right all righty that wraps up this week's episode of like a bigfoot podcast a huge thanks to cody for coming on sharing his stories uh sharing his motivation with me and just you know in general just being a really good dude um like i said in the intro i'm so thankful to have met him, but also to go on an adventure with him. Because when you do that, when you go on an adventure with someone, you can be complete strangers at the beginning. And um, through the shared experiences, through the conversations, you're taking, you know, we're in the middle of the desert, like there's no phone service or anyone else around, like you end up just diving in really deep with these people that you're you're with and it forms these deep bonds. So, um, so I really appreciated getting to know Cody. I I absolutely loved that was one of my favorite parts of the experience was getting to know these other people doing this thing with us. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of share some of their stories because these are some of some like amazing human beings doing awesome things both in their regular life, but who have also found this passion and this sport of ultra running or adventuring and 
they want to have these big experiences and they want to take the lessons from those big experiences and integrate them back in their lives. Um, and, and when you get to chance to share and like have a community and share your thoughts and feelings and, and experiences and laughs and all that stuff with each other, um, you just grow and you expand so much as a person and it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, and so I'm very grateful that I got that opportunity. I'm very grateful that I actually went and did it. Um, there was a lot of resistance, uh, in going on this adventure for some reason. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with kind of the state of mind I was in. Uh, and when we do our episode about the Atacama, I'm not sure if it would be before this one or after this one. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about that a little bit, but I just felt a lot of resistance going down. And then as soon as I met Cody and, you know, everyone else in the group, Jan and Val and Greg, Rob, Howie, Bob, you know, actually meeting Ray in person, like as soon as that happened, I felt all that nervousness and all that resistance uh, to the adventure, all that stuff going away. And um, it was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. So um, at some point, like I said, I'm not sure if it'll be before this episode or after this one, I'm going to sit down with my friend Phil. We're going to talk all about what this experience meant to us and, and you know, what actually it's kind of hard to describe, right? Like we weren't doing a race, um, we were kind of doing like expedition 101 with Ray Zahab, you know, like we got to have this guy who's done all these amazing things all around the world. And we got to sit and learn from him and learn from, uh, you know, everyone else. And, and based on all those experiences, we got to come back, um, you know, with all of this extra knowledge about how to go about doing these really, really big things. So, um, super cool. Uh, but that wraps it up for the week. Uh, thank you again to Cody. Check out New Normal. Check out Cody Taylor Runs uh, for all of his future adventures. Hopefully, for our pure entertainment, he gets himself in another Canadian 100 miler where it is dumping gallons and oh shoot, it's Canada. We can't say gallons. It's dumping liters and liters doesn't sound as cool, Cody. Like. I'm just going to call you guys out. You know what I mean? Like gallon sounds like a lot of rain, right? Liters is like, yeah, it's manageable. Maybe that's how they can do it though. You know, like it's dumping liters and liters and liters of rain. And they're like, oh, this is manageable. We got this. And they just like maintain their positive Canadian attitude and power through some of the most ridiculous looking 100 milers I've ever seen. Uh, so, you know, I'm not hoping that he gets rained on in the future in one of these big races, but, uh, it would make one heck of a story. So, you know, let's just keep seeing what kind of adversity the Canadian ultra running scene keeps throwing at him and, uh, and watch him power through. It's, it's really inspirational. So, uh, yeah, check out all the stuff. Uh, we'll have Cody back on the show in the future, I'm sure. And we'll get back at you next week.